Hi there. Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. We've been talking about industries that are growing, industries that are dying. And we talked about those that are, are sort of on their way out, sadly, because of things like the digital revolution. And Ron, you made the point about how the change of the last couple of decades has just been, the speed at which things have changed has really been mind-boggling. And if you want to be on board the side that's going up, as opposed to the side that's coming down, which is obviously what you want to be as an investor, you want to be on growing industries that are making money. So we wanted to single a few of those out and talk a little bit about them. And we touched on online retailing. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, I you know, I order stuff on Amazon. Uh, my kids order stuff on Amazon. My wife orders stuff that, online. It's just become such a burgeoning marketplace. And there's companies that are old school, like Walmart, that have been very, very successful in transitioning their businesses to an online platform. And that is where we're seeing the growth. So, you know, Shopify, which has had phenomenal returns over the last year or so, is because the online retailing has ta is taking over from in-store retailing, which they'll always be in-store retailing because they're just things that you need to go to the store to get. Might but, just be a different scale than we're used to now, right? Yeah, a different scale. And this is beginning to pick up not only in North America, which tends, and Asia, which have tended to be vanguards for this, but it's starting to go to India and Africa where people are ordering things online and getting them de delivered. I remember last time I was in Kenya, I was waiting for a flight and I sat there for an hour and I couldn't believe the FedEx and the cargo planes that were coming in and disgorging thousands of boxes. And you knew that they'd been ordered online and they were gonna be delivered by a tuk-tuk or, or other type of, of motorized vehicle or bicycles at the distribution center. But, you know, as, as we were talking about last week, you know, you look at your kids and the kids don't tend to shop, they tend to buy things online and that's where it's going. And the younger the demographic, the more they use online services. And so this is just a, a growth area that you want to have some exposure to. Okay, what about healthcare? <laughs> Aging population, right? The baby boomers are all getting up there and they got to be looked after. You know, the statistic I've seen is that if you're over 65, you use five to six times the healthcare that you do when you're 20 or 30, you know? I remember when I was 20 or 30, unless I broke something, I never went to the doctor. But when you get to be 65 and you get up in the morning and this doesn't work and that <laughs> creaks and that aches, you go yeah. more often. So there's no two ways about it. Healthcare is a growth industry. Water infrastructure. Well, if you take a look at the recent survey that came out in Canada, they went and uh, surveyed different municipalities and they found that an overwhelming number of them in Canada had unacceptable levels of lead in them. So even in, in countries that typically have a lot of, of what we call clean water, uh, we, ha we have issues and that is an area where we're gonna have to spend a lot of money. And in areas like the US, which has a bigger population and less, uh, less water than we do, and is for industrial purposes and farming, they're using more water, and then you look out on the coast, like California, which doesn't have enough water, and it, it can't even, it's had to shut down some of its agricultural areas because it doesn't have the water supply for them. And then you go to areas like 
Iran and Iraq. You go to areas like China, which are building big dams, and all the downstream countries like India and Vietnam and Cambodia are wondering, like, where's the water going to come from if, if, it, if it stays behind a dam and is used in India or used in China? You know, water looks like it's going to be an increasingly scarce, it's going to be the, the equivalent of black, black gold, it's going to be blue gold. So it is, as the population grows and it gets hotter and there's more pressure on available resources and higher levels of pollution, uh, water infrastructure is going to be the, one of the all-stars for the next 20 years. Keep that one in your back pocket and remember that. Railroads, they just aren't going away, are they? No, I mean, the advantage that a railroad has is that once you, ra- you, you link the country with a web of rail, it's virtually impossible to be replaced because of the NIMBY factor. Not in my backyard. Nobody wants another rail spur through their community. The amount of land that you'd have to assemble to be able to put together that uh, network is virtually impossible. Just the dollar value of, of the real estate they have under, underneath their ties and their rail lines. So it's an area where there's very little competition. And of course, a lot more stuff is going by rail for the simple reason that it's by far the most efficient it uses puts up the least greenhouse gases um, you know other than shipping by by boat um, it's the most cost effective way to ship things and very efficient and they usually run on time too as the old saying goes insurance and this is one that i think a lot about this uh the insurance industry is a, is a huge industry. We know that. We've talked about insurance in the past. I keep wondering how this is going to be impacted by the climate change issue. We keep hearing people say, well, if, if the insurance companies are insuring properties that are near waterfronts, why is that happening? It's, it's a question that keeps me awake at night sometimes. Well, if you can charge enough... It can still be it's it can still be profitable. Claims of of whether you're going to be washed away in the next twelve years probably are a little bit alarmist, I would think, and that is has a lot to do with the fact that I know that when you sit down with and you model things, very seldom if you model financial stuff, if you model scientific things. If you model climate, well, it's hard to model climate now. I mean, you, you might know what's going on next week, but after that, it gets pretty blurry. Pretty sketchy, yeah. You know, and they have these massive computers. So, to, so when someone tells me that they can figure out what's going on 100 years from now in climate, well, I'm not so sure about that. That doesn't mean we, need to, we don't need to fix it. But it does mean that, as in most things, that the white noise the background noise of the alarmists is probably a lot worse than it's going to be. So insurance is still a growth industry? Well, insurance is a growth industry because more and more people, especially in third world countries, I mean, if you're in a third world country, the first thing that you want to do is you want to feed yourself and and, and your family. And your family. Then you want to get a roof over your head. Then you'll probably want to have some acceptable clothes. Then the next thing you want to do is education. And because many of these families, they don't have health care insurance. They don't have any kind of insurance. So if, if something catastrophic happens, it, it can wipe them out financially. So in places like Asia, in Africa, 
Insurance is growing, South America, insurance is growing by double digit because as people come out of poverty, and in the last 20 years, we've had 2 billion people come out of poverty. These guys can all of a sudden afford some of these other things, including insurance. So is the growth of insurance going to be big in North America? Probably doubt it. But as more and more people come out of poverty in these other places, that's one of the first things that they go and they purchase. Okay. Well, I remember your anecdote a few episodes back of seeing a Manulife sign out in the middle of somewhere in Southeast Asia, right? Exactly. A small town. When the, the biggest neon sign was Manulife. Well, there you go. There's proof of it right there. Entertainment. Here again, if you look at the pipe, there's so many different pipes out there, and they need content. So you look at a company like Disney, for example, which has Star Wars, which has... Um, well, all the Disney classics, Bam, Bambi and Cinderella, yeah, <laughs> Snow they, White and the Seven Dwarfs. And, you know, Marvel, the, the, they've got Marvel, they've got, um, they've got theme parks, they've got toys, they've got... Clothing. Uh, clothing. <laughs> I mean, the list just goes on and on. Maybe how entertainment is delivered is going to change. And so that's why we've had discussions about newspapers and we've had discussions about cable and television and we've had discussions about radio. The pipe that delivers this and the medium might change, but you're still, people are watching content. And so entertainment companies that are savvy enough to provide that content are, are going to grow, I think, um, especially, for example, you take the fact that Movies might used to box office might be 250 or 300 was a big movie, but now you've got this worldwide audience. So once it's finished showing in North America, it's going to South America and Asia and Europe and and Australia and all these other places. And it's not uncommon to see box office now uh, well north of a billion. There yeah, well north of a billion. You know, so the consumer is getting a lot more sophisticated, and there's a lot more of them. Defense. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, here again, if you take... A lot of trouble spots in the world. There, the, the number of trouble spots in the world and the, number of, and the amount of rioting that we're seeing, countries getting a lot more aggressive, like China getting much more, much more aggressive. As they get more aggressive and weaponized, well, guess what happens? Korea and Japan and Vietnam and, and Philippines, all of those guys weaponize. The Middle East, you've got Iran on the starting to uh, get their centrifuges up again, and it looks like they're going to develop nuclear weapons. Well, all of a sudden, you've got all the countries around that, Saudi Arabia is talking about, well, if that happens, then we'll get nuclear weapons. And you get the periphery countries around saying, well, if, if they're escalating, we're going to escalate. If the same thing's happening in Africa, same thing's happening in South America, maybe not to, to the nuclear level, but still, as your country gets aggressive, the other country wants sophisticated weapons to keep them out of their, their airspace. So, so we're talking about planes, we're talking about cruise missiles, we're talking about... Radar uh, systems. Radar yeah. systems, electronic jamming systems, and the list goes on and on. And so if you think that when things get more muddled politically like it looks like they are the last few years, uh, typically defense sales go through the roof. All right, there's one to keep in mind. Social media, I think that, that one's a given, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, frankly, just look at what your kids are doing. I was, in the, I was in the airport yesterday. I landed in Edmonton. I walked toward the where you pick up your luggage. 
and I purposely walked how many looked at how many people were on their phones were on their phones and it was seven out of ten yeah seven out of ten it just shows you how and they were all looking at uh well their twitter feed or their facebook or instagram or yeah, something or, yeah. or the old timers were looking at their email feed yeah yeah exactly <laughs> okay aerospace uh we keep flying i mean i i think uh and they're getting more efficient all the time i mean there's even talk about electric aircraft now and uh, i guess that's where we're headed but i you know people are still going to want to move around right and what's really driven that industry to be honest with you is credit cards because you get a credit card now and you get all these points you save for travel and a lot of people that's what they travel on every year is they they wait till they're a travel they build up their points and yeah Get yeah. themselves a free flight. Yeah, and they get themselves a free flight somewhere. So uh, aerospace and that whole providing more aircraft, and of course, regulations are changing in a lot of airports, and you're finding that they they want planes to have new des- uh, new engines because they want the decibel levels lower, which forces you to, to, to modernize your fleet. Uh, they also want aircraft that were a lot more efficient so that you can uh, get a lot more bang for your buck as far as miles flowing per gallon of fuel. Uh, You also, uh, the consumers are demanding different things in aircraft, different types of seating with electronics in it. So, and the fleet is old. So a lot of that fleet is being replaced with new aircraft. And I think that trend's going to continue. Service. And that's a broad term. But uh, industries that pest control, you know, you got a you got a termite problem or you got an ant problem. You're still going to have to have somebody come up take care of that. Yeah, and as people get busier and busier with their lives, you know, you get pest removal, laundry and uniform service, uh, janitorial services, security is a big one, uh, food delivery. You know, you have you have all the different services where, you know, I I talked to a kid the other day. He was uh, delivering two hamburgers, which I think were 10 bucks, and the delivery charge was going to be 20 where that used to be a barrier and people would pick up their own food. But nowadays, it doesn't seem to be that big a barrier. People will order order some 4 or $5. They from, don't worry about that. Yeah, they don't tend to worry about that. So that's another area that's growing quite nicely. Online gaming, boy, has it exploded. Oh, especially... Uh, you go to places like Vegas, and they've got entire rooms now where you can you can game online. And of course, you know, I'd sat down and watch my son, and I watched my son literally uh, take other people, and uh, he's taken over their characters and moved them to higher levels, and charged them a fee. He had a business for one or two years where he took people that were complete losers at gaming and took their characters and made took them higher up on the skill level so that they could go and brag to their friends that they weren't as dismal as everybody thought they were. So, you know, the online gaming is, and is, is, is growing and, and many of the launches are far bigger, three or four times bigger than the biggest blockbuster movies coming out now. Unbelievable, yeah. Infrastructure, boy, isn't that the truth? We talked about the water utilities. I mean, uh, if you get a problem with lead in your water, you got a lot of lead pipe that's going to have to get replaced. You got a lot of roads that need to be replaced. You got bridges that need to be replaced. The list just goes on and on. Of course, I mean, take a look at where they want the future to be. They want the future to be electric. The amount of money that is going to have to be spent, not only in Canada and the United States to make that happen, but to make that happen globally is truly staggering to get the electrical infrastructure up and to get enough electrical 
um, enough renewables that can generate electricity to make that happen. There's just so many areas where infrastructure is and infrastructure spending are going to grow. And a lot of the problem has been is that so many countries have underinvested in infrastructure over the year and things are starting to crumble, so they have to fix them. You did this in one of your in one of your money minutes here, and, and uh, you passed it along to me. And you talked about how, if, for example, fifteen hundred large wind turbines across four hundred eighty square square meters of land every day for the next thirty years to get us to the twenty fifty objectives. That, I mean, that's just an un. It's so daunting that this kind of change that people are talking about in, in a first world country like America or Canada, but start thinking about third world countries. How is this even possible? How are you going to assemble 400 square kilometers of land every day for, for 20 to 30 years? I mean, it is massive. So if you pick some of these areas and you're a long-term investor, um, there's significant growth to be had. Okay, final one is credit cards. Well, we just keep using them. It's, oh, it's gone yeah. a long way from the old days of click, click, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and uh, the, the industry, like American Express, and you look at Visa, and you look at MasterCard, and you look at some of the new players like Square, or, you know, and the list goes on of some of the new entrants, and the growth rates that they're achieving, even companies that have been around for years, like Visa and MasterCard, they just keep growing, are achieving growth rates of young companies of 15% plus a year. It's amazing. So if you take a look at the fact that China still has very few credit cards. Russia has very few credit cards. Africa has very few credit cards. South America has very few credit cards. That area has potential for lots of growth. So that's another area where, uh, frankly, some of these stocks are expensive, but they've blown the, they've shot the lights out now for 20 plus years. Okay, a couple of, uh, just before we close off here, a couple of industries that you think are at the crossroads right now. A couple of industries. Number one is movie theaters. And part of that is, uh, if, you, if you go into Best Buy or you go into one of the big electronic retailers, 60, 70, 80 inch screens, and the pixel count is amazing. Uh, you know, you can buy one of these things, order some popcorn and sit at home. And with some of the new services that are coming out that are co-launching uh, their shows, not only in the theater, but online. So you wonder what the potential is for the movie theater. And I mean, it might surprise everyone and keep growing, but every time I go into a theater and sit down, it's if it's a cartoon, it's parents with young, young kids that are just wanting to get out for the day. But most other movies, patrons have lots of flecks of gray hair there, you know? So it's one of those industries where you don't see a lot of the, 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 the millennials, the Generation X going to. Okay, one to think about. The auto industry, obviously, yeah, those that run on the internal combustion engine, uh, and most of those that make internal combustion engine vehicles are trying to get into the electric business, too. Yeah, and so you've got a couple of big demographic events and political events that are changing things. One is, as, as people get older, uh, they're buying less cars because they're the generation that like the freedom of having their own wheels. A lot of younger kids, they're happy to, to do ride hailing. Um, they're happy to, to uh, go online and get an app where they'll share cars. So we're seeing uh, ride sharing and, and other services, I think, that will eat into it. Also, if you've been into a dealership lately, you're not getting much for 30 grand anymore. You know, prices of cars have gone up a lot and they last longer. 
But, you know, that's a big ask, asking especially a kid who's making $10, $12 an hour maybe uh, to, to buy a car. You know, they'd sooner spend money elsewhere, to be honest with you. And, of course, also you've got the fact that you've got electric cars. And electric cars have far fewer moving parts than... than Internal combustion engines. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's going to change that business entirely. And related to that is the carbon-based energy production industry. Yeah, so let's say that the alarmists aren't right and we're not capable of having a revolution that 10 years from now, half of our consumption is renewable energy. More realistically is that we're going to get more and more renewables, and over time, slowly but surely, the amount of consumption of fossil fuels, fossil yeah. fuels, coal, coal, oil, and gas is slowly going to go down. So I don't think carbon-based energy is dying, but I think it's one of those industries that over the next 20 years could be on that slow, gentle decline. Okay. So I think the the, the final point here that you had, uh, and, and this one makes a lot of sense, you got you got to pay attention to what you're buying. If it's a growth industry or if it's an industry that, that, that appears to be waning, you have to make the decision. And as you point out, and you've always said this, there's a big difference between a good company and a good investment. So what you want to do here is typically companies in growth industries, a lot of them have most of their positive future prospects already priced into the stock. So, you know, you can go and jump into these things right away. But often, it's better if you're just patient. Make yourself a list of, of one or two stocks in each of these industries. Wait till a pullback comes. Not often you'll find that it's not just a market pullback in general, but it's a sector pullback where some rumor about uh, legislations come in. These Healthcare would be a good one. Oh, I mean, yeah. You get lawsuits over things like oxycodone and stuff. And, oh, yeah, yeah, where you get a pullback, and that gives you your opportunity to start adding to these positions. Okay, there you go. Some advice from the financial coach, Ron Hebert, on uh, those industries that are in favor and those industries that may be leaving favor. We're back next week with another installment of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert. I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll talk to you next time. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.